The following program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Time of Grace. Every time there, there'd be a good deed, Jesus would initially be impressed, but he would never end the conversation without asking why. Because Jesus knew something that many of you know, that, that if someone does something good for you with impure motives, it's really not that good. Kanye West had never seemed so spiritual. Back in 2016, Kanye graced the stage of Saturday Night Live as their musical guest. And from the the second he stepped on, it was worship. Behind him stood a crowd of gospel singers, incredible booming voices dressed in white, and they would lift up their hands in prayer and in praise. Joining him on stage was guest after guest who, who cried out to God with questions and confessions of faith. Almost like David in the ancient Psalms. It was spiritual and it was beautiful. Until the second the song was done. Because as soon as the last note was sung, Kanye popped up off the floor. He grabbed his mic and he shouted, KanyeWest.com! It's streaming. Now, now, right now. KanyeWest.com. Check it out. Ah! And if you think that was awkward, you should have seen the actual performance. Uh, It's confusing and it's it's jarring and you you stare at the screen and you're forced to ask yourself, what what was that? Like, it, it seems so spiritual in the moment, but was that really the spirit? And it seemed like people were calling out to Christ, but was that really in the end about Christ or was it about a click and a website and a Kanye? Did you know that Jesus talked about stuff like that all the time? Before there was a Kanye, before there was hip hop, before there was an internet, before there was an SNL, Jesus talked about this really subtle danger of doing things that looked good on the outside, but they didn't look so good to God on the inside. And he wasn't just chastising rappers and, and people who want more likes and Instagram followers. He, he talked about this all the time for people like you and for like me. People who had faith in God. People who looked very, very spiritual. Jesus wanted to make sure that you and I would never fall into the trap of doing the right thing, but do it for the wrong reason. And that's why Jesus, throughout his teaching, was always asking this one question. He'd come back to it again and again and again. The question was, why? That's often in the church, we think about the what. Right? What's right and what's wrong? In the world that's falling apart and doing whatever it wants, you know, what, what should Christians do? And that's a good question, but Jesus would follow that question with, why? In fact, I think if Jesus would show up and he would follow you around this week, every time you did something that looked good, he would, he'd be like those seagulls in the, is it Finding Nemo, that, the kids movie, Why? 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 He'd say, okay, you're, you're in church. Hey, that's great. You could be a thousand places, but you came here. Uh, why, why'd you come? Oh, you're, you're giving an offering today. I'm God, so I, I know what's inside that envelope. That's really generous. Um, why are you giving that much? You play in the band. You, you preach a sermon. You get to stand in, in front of people and talk about God and lead worship and praise. That, that's great, but why? Why are you standing up there? You, you volunteer at your church, in your community, you, you tutor at a local school. Great. Um, why? I see you doing the laundry. I, I see you helping out at home. 
I see you working your hardest at school. That, that's great, but, but why? Every time there, there'd be a good deed, Jesus would initially be impressed, but he would never end the conversation without asking why. Because Jesus knew something that many of you know, that, that if someone does something good for you with impure motives, it's really not that good. If you're in a marriage and someone serves you just because they want to get something back, uh, in the end, it doesn't feel like service. If someone says something nice to you, but you found out in the end they wanted to get something from you, you don't consider it praise, you consider it flattery. And it doesn't bring you closer to someone, but pushes you further away. And, and so Jesus knew for his people, his followers, it would be important to do the right thing, but also to do it for the right reason. And that's what I, I want to dig in with you today. If you're ever going to truly worship God instead of just doing this all for a show, if you're ever going to actually love your neighbor, your family, your enemy, your boss, your employees, your brothers and sisters in the church, you need to know this. And actually, we're going to find out if you're ever going to find freedom, like real peace for your soul, to not feel the, the pressure of getting something, it's important not just to do the right thing, but to have a right heart. And so if you brought a Bible with you today, or you just want to follow along with me on the screen, we're going to jump into Mark chapter 12 today and see what Jesus taught about attention. Now, here's the big idea if you're taking notes in your program today. Jesus wants us to pay attention to attention. If you're doing something to, to get attention and we're always getting attention, who's the attention from and who's the attention for? Pay attention to attention. All right, let's look at the teaching of Jesus from Mark chapter 12. It says, as he taught, Jesus said, watch out, pay attention to the teachers of the law. They like, circle that word in your mind, they like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show, make lengthy prayers. Now, watch out, Jesus says, pay attention to people who like getting attention. And he gives us four examples. If you're taking notes, I want you to remember these. Jesus says, first of all, pay attention to the clothes. And catch that line. He, he said, watch out for people who like to walk around in flowing robes. And I want to say, well, wait, Jesus. Um, I used to wear a robe, <laughs> believe it or not. At my last church, I had the big white robe. Was that, was that bad? You know, besides having little kids come up to me after church saying, nice dress, Pastor Mike. <laughs> you know, is that, should, should pastors not wear robes or collars or crosses? And you know what Jesus would say to that? Well, it depends why. <laughs> because a robe is a symbol. It's a symbol of difference, of status. Not everyone gets to be the pastor in a church. And if you wear a robe, people know you're different from the second that they see you. And Jesus says, if the robe has a good purpose, purpose, if it's symbolic of this call from God, that God has sent me to share his word with you, great. But if you're wearing the clothes just to get attention, yeah, I'll pay attention. This is why rappers love fashion, right? Everyone else said if you like rap music like I do, they're always rapping about Gucci this and Versace that and Cristal they're drinking and the carrots they're rocking. Like, you ever think like these hard guys, sometimes these like gangster hard rappers, like why, why are they so concerned about their clothes? But you know the answer, right? Um, clothes bring attention. They say, I'm, I'm somebody. 
man, where I came from, nobody could afford this, but I'm not nobody anymore. I've, I've made it. I've become someone. And, and you can see it from the label that I wear on my clothes. And by the way, before you judge rappers, any of her bought a knockoff purse? I had the little Burberry pattern that looked just right, except it didn't cost you a thousand dollars. Why would we do that? I mean, why would we buy something of poor quality? Why would we buy a counterfeit watch if it's going to break within a year? Well, because if it says the right letters, if it has the right embroidered logo, it's, it says, uh, I'm somebody. I don't shop there or there. I can rock this because I'm not just anybody. Jesus said, careful, watch out. Second, he said, pay attention to the hellos. Remember his words? He says, watch out for those people who love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace. Number three, he said, pay attention to the chairs. He said, watch out for those teachers of the law who want the most important seats in the synagogues and the banquets. And finally, Jesus said, watch out for the prayers. He says, watch out for those who for a show make lengthy prayers. Some of you might be familiar, right before Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, he had this really long section. He said this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. Here it is, to be honored by others. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. You know, the word hypocrite uh, comes from the, the Greek word hypocrites. It was the Greek word for actor. Someone who hid their actual face behind a mask. Jesus said, be careful when you give and you fast and you pray that people don't see the mask of some devoutly religious person, but beneath the mask uh, is just a heart that wants self uh, instead of savior. I got to tell you that this is going to be one of the more difficult things you do this week. I mean, doing the right thing is really hard. You agree with me on that? Doing it for the right reason takes a miracle of God. At least uh, that's what we noticed in our family. A while ago, we noticed this kind of subtle but sinister thing happening in our home. A few years back, we, we came up with these family values, like things we'd write on little pieces of wood and put up on the wall and write on the chalkboard door, uh, things like date until we die. We're, we're going to date each other till the day we die. We adore experiences, like we're going to volunteer for crazy stuff because it's going to be a great story when all of it's done. But probably our most famous family value was just two words, the words you first. And we're always saying to our kids, we're always saying in our home, you first makes us blessed, but me first makes a mess. Because every time there's a mess, every time my wife and I aren't great in marriage, every time our, our girls are fighting, it's always because we're trying to get what we want. It's so wonderful when we say you first, but, but you know what started to happen? Uh, we started to say you first and look around. Now the girls would disagree. And they'd be fighting back and forth. And then, and then they'd stop and one would look right at me and say, uh, you first. She looked back at me. And I think I know where she learned it from. You know, sometimes my wife goes to bed pretty early and I'm up uh, watching Netflix. I think, you know what I should do? I should, I should fold the laundry that my wife didn't have time to fold. So I fold it up, I watch the show. But then do you know where I leave the basket? Like right in the middle of the hallway. So she's like trip over it when she gets out of bed. Like, oh my goodness, the lawn, who fold? That's right. I folded the laundry. That was pretty awesome, huh? And this, it wasn't just like serving and doing the right thing. 
And so we drew this picture. If, if you'd stop by our kitchen, you would see this little picture up on our whiteboard. We call it the You First Ninja. <laughs> that we want to we serve. We want to do what's best. We want to do it like a, like a ninja. Like I'm in to serve and then I'm out and I'm not saying a word or whisper. If we've learned, that's really, really, really hard. All right, so how do you know? Like, how do you know if you're doing the right, if you're here today for the right reason, how, how do you know? And if you give an offering today, how do you know that your heart's right? And if you're trying to serve someone at, at work, how, how do you know that that's right? Well, here's my simple, like, diagnostic question. Now, my question for you would be, would you do it again if no one paid attention? Like, if you wrote the fattest check in Christian giving history, I mean, there are so many zeros, the ushers would look at it again. We'd say, what? But, but no one said a word to you. There was no special visit, no thank you email from, from the pastor. No one said a word. Would, would your heart in some way re- regret, be bothered about the gift? Or if you volunteered, like if you gave your time and if you served and there was no shout out and there was no, hey, let's put our hands together and thank this person. At the end of the year, how would you feel about your service? See, doing an actual good work in the sight of God is seriously difficult. And yet Jesus is serious. Look at the last thing he said in Mark chapter 12, verse 40. He said, these men who just do things to get attention will be punished most severely. And I want to say, whoa, punished. Jesus 95% of people don't even do the right thing. And and like here we're, we're, we're trying. Punished. Most severely. Like why would Jesus hate it? Hate it, hate it. When religion was just used for your resume. You might start out doing the, the right thing for the wrong reason. But if you love attention, if you need it, eventually you'll stop doing the right thing altogether. I'm going to speak especially to the students who are here today. Can you raise your hand if you're, if you're in school, college, high school, middle school, grade school? We've got a lot, of, a lot of students, young men and women with us here today. I just want to warn you that if you sin, the world will pay attention. Do you know what's on the news every single day? Stories of train wrecks and, and disaster because people can't help but watch it. If you're humble, if you're modest, if you're gentle, if you're kind, if you're forgiving, people miss that stuff. But if you're edgy, if you're snarky, if you're sexy, if you're blunt, if you're biased, people give you a whole bunch of attention. If you wear that to the dance, they will pay attention. If you wear that to the pool, they will pay attention. If you Snapchat that and it's crazy and it's wild, and it's out of control, people will pay attention. They'll talk about it. And if your heart needs and craves attention, if you need them to turn their face and look at you, you'll do things that will make the holy angels turn their faces and look away. Instead of joy and rest and peace, these things that Jesus wants to give, we end up on this like treadmill that we can never get off of. Because, you know, if you say something funny on, on social media today, people will laugh and give you attention and write in the comments but then they'll, they'll chase some social media squirrel. Do you think they're going to praise you for the next week, the next minute? So you know what you got to do. 
You got to be funny again. You're going to have to impress them again and again and again and again. And if you need to be the fastest and the funniest and the best and the cutest and, and the thinnest, you're just going to be on this treadmill that will kill you. It's not just you that's going to get hurt. Other people are going to get hurt. That's a really curious line that Jesus says there at, at the end of that story. He says, watch out for these people who devour widows' houses. What do you think Jesus meant by that? I'm not positive, but, but, but I think he, he meant that there are going to be some widows who come to church and they only got so much money because it's not a, a two-income family. Maybe their husband was making most of the money in the ancient world and they only have a little bit to give and the pastor is going to preach about generosity, right? He's going to want them to give and because they love God, they're going to listen to him and they're going to give. But, but what happens if the pastor just wants attention? If he just wants the money because the money means success and we can build a bigger building and people know I'm not just an average spiritual leader. I'm somebody. Pay attention. You will devour widows' houses. You will use people. And God hates it when people get used. When a man is only nice to his wife because he wants sex in return, man, God hates it when his daughters are treated like that. When someone only serves in a home because they really want to get something back, God just hates the deception. When he gives someone a place in business that they get to be a manager and a boss and these people aren't here to be loved and served and cared for, they're just about the bottom line and my profit and how I look in the eyes of my boss, God, God hates it when people, especially the least of people, get used for attention. And so it's a hard message, but Jesus says, be careful, be careful, be careful. This will blow up your heart. This will blow up the church. This will blow up the world. Pay attention to attention. But thankfully, that's not where the story ends. Because right when all the teachers of the law were walking in with their flowing robes and raising their hands with long, long prayers so everyone could see, there was a nobody that crept into the ancient church that nobody paid attention to. So quiet, she was like a ninja. But someone noticed. God noticed. Now look at the ending of the story from Mark chapter 12. Verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Can you imagine how much attention that got? It says, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. This widow showed up and she gave these. Now, these are actually 2,000-year-old coins called lepta, L-E-P-T-A. They were the, the cheapest, most common coins in the ancient world. One lepta was worth one 128th of a day's wages. It's about four minutes of work if you're working an eight-hour day. These were, were so cheap. They were so common in the ancient world that don't be impressed by my 2,000-year-old coins. You could have your own set for about 10 bucks on Amazon after church. Right? This is nothing. And this poor widow comes shuffling up and she gives everything she has. And no one pays attention. It's, it's two pianissimo notes in half of a measure. And, and no one turns their head. Except Jesus. <laughs> Look how the story ends. Verse 43. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty 
put in everything, all that she had to live on. Jesus notices ninjas. <laughs> and when there's no praise and no recognition and no shout out and no award, it was not worthless because God notices. And if there's one thing that will free you from this deep desire for attention, it's that, that God notices. God sees. And not just sees. In all those warnings in Matthew 6 where Jesus said, be careful of giving and be careful of fasting and be careful of praying. Do you know what he said three times after every single one of those mini-sermons? I'll show you. Matthew 6. He says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So how can you and I do that today? If we're going to walk out of here today and we're going to do the right thing for the right reason, if we're going to be you first kind of people who bring blessing into this world and find peace in our hearts, well, there's two things I need you to remember and the two things you find on these ancient coins. You can't see them from a distance. So maybe let me blow up a picture and show you what's stamped on these coins. My version is pretty hard to see, but this coin on the left has the picture of an ancient anchor. You see it? It's right here on the top. Here's the bottom of the anchor and the top of it. And this one's even harder to see. The, the guy who stamped it, I think, had a little bit too much to drink before his shift to work. So he, this is the, a, a wheel bursting with light. So here's the hub of the wheel and here are the rays coming out. And you kind of see the rim a bit on the outside. When this woman gave her gift, she was thinking about an anchor and she was thinking about light. And before you go on social media, you have to remember those two things. That God is my anchor and God is my light. When you're killing it at work and when you're about to lose your job, God sees. And when people praise you, hey, thank you so much for for cooking these meals. And when they just chow them down and they leave the dirty dishes for you to clean up, God sees. When you're at the top of your game, the, the prime of life, God sees. And when you're in a nursing home and you can't do what you used to do and people need to push you around in a chair, God sees. There is this anchor that every single day, you and I are going to wake up because of Jesus and we'll be loved and noticed and cared for and valuable. And what we do is never, ever in vain. God is paying attention, but he's not scowling. He's not thinking, how could you? Because of what Jesus did, forgiving our sins, dying for us and and rising from the dead, when God looks on his people, there's not disappointment and there's not anger and there's not indifference. Instead, he's, he's shining on us. And that means everything. You know what happens to my little girls? They'll build Legos in the living room and they'll come running to me like they do 1,700 times a week. Daddy, 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 look, 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 come here, come here, come here. And when I put down my phone and I stop what I'm doing and I give them my full attention and their daddy smiles at them, do you know what happens? Their hearts are good. And if you can look into your father's face with all that acceptance and all that love, you can creep out Put on your ninja costume and serve in secret. Because if there's one thing our world needs, if there's one thing our hearts need, it's secret service. So brothers and sisters, let's leave here today and let's do the right thing. And because of the love of Jesus Christ, let's do it for the right reason. Let's pray. Dear God, it's crazy to think about you you love us as much as you do. And if I think about all the good things I've done in my life and I examine my heart, I just, I just wonder how many good things I've, I've ever done. And yet the fact that you would hold none of that against me, none of that against us, Jesus, that you would die on the cross and the Father would turn his face, he would stop paying attention to you 
so that he could start paying attention to us. We are so grateful for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, that our sin is nailed to the cross. Thank you that because of you, there is no condemnation and there is no disappointment. Thank you that there is only mercy and peace and joy and celebration. God, we live in a world where so many people know that there is hypocrisy in the church. They're they're used to people using God's name to get money and to, to grow bigger and to become popular. Please free all of us from that. Help this thing to be pure. Help it to be transparent and authentic. Help us not to be hypocrites. Help us take off the mask and do the right thing for the glory of your name and the actual good of people. I pray, God, for honest confessions and I pray, God, for selfless service. I know that you could instantly energize and restore broken relationships and marriages if if we would serve. So stir our hearts to serve. Please bless us today, God, as a spiritual community and help us to remember before we even do a thing to serve other people that we are already somebody because of Jesus Christ. That's why we pray today with confidence, with boldness, because we're not strangers. We're sons and we're daughters, people that you delight in. We pray all these things, Jesus, in your wonderful, beautiful, and saving name. Amen. Addiction. It's something that affects almost all of us. Whether you struggle with a compulsive and destructive behavior or you deeply love someone who does, you know that addiction is a problem that infects so many families and lives. And that's why we feel that so many people need this brand new book called Why Can't They Just Stop? Seeing Addiction Through the Lens of God's Grace. It's written by Dr. Jennifer Lundgren, a certified counselor and a marriage and family therapist. Hi, I'm Dr. Jennifer Lundgren. This book will help you understand why your loved ones use drugs and alcohol, determine factors that make addiction seem so out of control for them, and provide an overview about what the Bible says about their addiction. The aim is to provide peace and hope to family and friends who are struggling as we view this disorder through God's grace. Our prayer is that this book not only helps you deal with addiction in a compassionate way, but it brings you back to God's grace, which is the forgiveness that we need and the source of power that we need to change. This book is our way of saying thanks for your support as we connect more people to God's grace. Get your copy by calling 800-661-3311, visit timeofgrace.org, write us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin 53201, or text TIME to 313131 to give today. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus talks about the incredible impact that earthly things like money can make. You know, no one can buy a ticket to get into heaven, but when we support the spread of the Gospel, more and more people can hear about the Jesus who is the ticket to heaven. So especially to all of you who are our Grace Partners, uh, who make a monthly donation, thank you so much for your support. My wife and I actually joined you this past year, deciding to support this ministry as we got more and more connected to it. And we would be honored if you would join us in that journey. I had a chance on social media to connect with a young man from the Dominican Republic and share the gospel of Jesus with him. At the same time, a man reached out to our ministry from Pakistan, grateful that we were talking about Jesus. All these races and all these cultures, and yet we come together on the one thing that matters most, the gospel of Jesus. Now, we would be honored by your monthly gift that helps us to take the message of Jesus and give more hope and more peace and more joy to more people. Now, would you consider supporting our mission to spread the gospel to all the nations? Time of Grace doesn't end here. We offer so much more. Visit us at timeofgrace.org. You'll discover resources to help you in your walk of faith. These include blogs, Grace Moment devotionals, and our prayer wall. 
You can also stay encouraged with our daily video devotionals. Connect with us on social media. Join our Facebook group where you'll meet a strong community of believers. Follow us on Instagram and get an inside look at our ministry. And if you need someone to pray for you, call us or visit our prayer wall. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you here again next week. The preceding program was sponsored by the friends and partners of Time of Grace.